Welcome to Red's Barbershop, the place to hang out and talk about hoops. This episode of Red's Barbershop is brought to you by our sponsors, Third Eye Consulting and Coastal Plains Insurance of the Lowcountry. Now, hop in the chair because here are your hosts, Justin Jarrett and Tony Red Brewing. Hey, Hoops fans, welcome to Red's Barbershop. It's time for episode number two. I'm Justin Jarrett here with our man, Tony Red Bruin, uh, the former McDonald's All-American, New York City and Syracuse University hoop star, and uh, just all around good dude. Everybody loves Tony Bruin, and that's why people are lining up to take a seat in Red's Barbershop. We had Seth Greenberg for a big splash to kick it off last week, but uh, not to be outdone. We're coming back strong this week uh, with the 1974 NBA Rookie of the Year and one of the greatest basketball players in Providence Friars history, Ernie DiGregorio, who is also now an author and a uh, terrific dude and uh, maybe your idol, Red. Definitely, definitely. Like I was telling uh, uh, everybody, you know, like I was telling Ernie when I wanted him to come on the show, he doesn't know how much I looked up to him. And I didn't even know about Providence basketball until I started following Ernie D and uh, Marvin Barnes. And I just loved his style of play, the tenacity that he played with. Uh, guys like him and Tiny and Pearl Washington always just seemed to be magical with the ball, just seemed to be able to control the game, uh, you know, just handle effortlessly control. I mean, all you had to do was pretty much run to your spots and, and Ernie D would get you the ball and just I, I just love playing with guys like that that have that type of IQ and tenacity that Ernie played with. Yeah, and and we got to talk to him a little bit in more depth about, you know, what he's done after basketball and, and got to know him a little bit. And he's been writing books. He's got a book coming out about his time at Providence and and, uh, you know, his recent reflections on on going back there and uh, reflecting on, you know, losing both Marvin Barnes and, and their coach, Dave Gavitt, uh, in recent years. So, um, you know, he's got a, a really interesting side to him and, and he's really uh, an intelligent guy, as he mentioned, you know, you, you can't be that gifted on the basketball court and oh, yeah, see those yeah. angles and things without some intelligence. And uh, exactly. you know, he's found a, a new niche. He seems to love to write. So it, it's really cool to connect with these people, you know, and, and kind of have a where are they now aspect to it and find out what they've been up to in the years since, uh, you know, you lost track of them on the sports fields and on the basketball court. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading his books. And he said he's got some a movie coming out. I can't wait. Everything Ernie D. DeGorio, Tony Broome will be at. I, I mean, I just I can't tell you how much I um I admire the guy, and I'm hoping nothing but after basketball success for him. And uh, just just a great guy. I mean, uh, he said yes to being on our show before I can almost finish the sentence, Justin. I mean, they just don't make him like that anymore. Great stuff. Well, uh, let's get into it here in just a minute, Red. We'll hear from uh, our sponsors who helped to make this show possible, and then we'll get right into the interview with e Ernie D. Gregorio sitting in the chair here at Red's Barbershop. Ernie D. <laughs> this episode of Red's Barbershop is presented by Third Eye Consulting LLC and Coastal Plains Insurance of the Lowcountry. Our friend Peter Haber and Third Eye Consulting have a proven track record of providing homeowners associations, condo boards, landlords, and property owners with solutions that actually work. Peter has a proven track record of positive results and dedication to his clients' needs. 
Visit him today at thirdeyeconsultingllc.com and tell him you heard about him at Red's Barbershop. And our friend Mark McDonald and Coastal Plains Insurance of the Lowcountry provide an independent insurance agency serving the coastal communities of South Carolina, not only with great coverage at the best rates, but also by giving back to the community. For all your insurance needs in coastal South Carolina, visit Coastal Plains Insurance of the Lowcountry at cpilowcountry.com and tell them their name came up at Red's Barbershop. All right, Hoops fans, we're, we're honored now to bring in our, our second guest to sit in the chair. We had Seth Greenberg last week, and, uh, man, we're up in our game uh, again this week, Red, because we got Ernie D, uh, Ernie D. Gregorio, uh, great, uh, all-time great at Providence, and then went on to uh, great things in the NBA for a short time. Unfortunately, injuries cutting your career short there, but uh, the NBA Rookie of the Year, and, uh, and, and you've gone on to do some, some really cool things in the game and, and outside of the game uh, after your basketball career too so welcome to the show ernie and and we look forward to hearing uh, all these great stories from from your journey man it's a pleasure to definitely be on. definitely i just i just got to throw in that he's he's my idol justin i've always i've always loved the way he's played the swag that he's played with and uh you know i didn't even hear i've never even heard of uh providence until i heard heard ernie d that's when i started getting interested in providence man thank you so, uh, Ernie, uh, you know, you reached out to Red and, and uh, or he reached out to you and, and told you about this podcast. Uh, tell me what went through your mind when when this old buddy from the past uh, reached out and said he wanted to get you on his show. Well, first of all, I have a lot of respect for him as a player and a person. And anytime I can have the opportunity to talk some basketball with a great Syracuse basketball legend it, it's an honor so I'm looking forward to this let's let's get rocking and rolling I'm ready for it oh man he doesn't know how big he's making my head right now Justin because he's always been my idol I, I mean I can't tell you how excited I am right now if I have a hundred more guests this is going to be a special night for me <laughs> Well, well, what was it, Red? What was it about Ernie that that really captured your attention and, and made you look up to him so much? Just the swag that he played with and the toughness, you know, he, he didn't back down from anybody. Uh, I mean, you really had to have a lot of uh, umfoot to play with a guy like like Marvin Barnes, you know. Uh, and I guess Ernie could probably uh, give you some better insight into that. And he just always seemed to have like the ball on a string. Uh, you know, one thing that I, I wish that I had was a better handle. And I'd watch guys like the Pearl and, and guys like Ernie D. They, they just just seem to be magical when they have the ball. They just it's, it's something about watching, you know, a little guy just control a whole game uh, with the knowledge and their IQ and, and just how easy they make the game look. Some guys that you play with, all you got to do is just run and they'll get the ball to you in your sweet spots. And he's just been always one of those guys uh, as, as far as I've seen him play. I would love playing with a guy like Ernie. Yeah, well, well you know well, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, <laughs> I remember when I was like um, ten years old, I used to play baseball, and I said, "This ain't no fun because you got to get nine guys to place." So that's when I first picked up a basketball, and it just mm -hmm. felt comfortable in my hands. And I knew if I just wanted to be great at something, I could practice this. 10 hours a day, just me and my basketball in the hoop. And so that's the reason I developed a great handle and ability to pass the ball because I get up like at six o'clock in the morning in the summer. And when everybody was sleeping, I'd take my ball and dribble it down to my elementary school, which is about, I'd say about two miles away from my house. 
But every mm -hmm. time I would dribble, I would always imagine someone was going to try to steal it. So I'd cross over, I'd spin, I'd put it behind my back, I'd put it between my legs. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'd always have that imagination there was someone in front of me. Then I'd go down and I'd play from, say, 7 o'clock in the morning till about 9. That's when everybody woke up and started coming down. Then we'd play some three-on-three. Three. I'd have about 11.30 a... Um, uh, a strawberry soda and a couple of pieces of pizza, a <laughs> little store there. And then I'd play from 1230 to 430, go home, eat supper, and run down and play at night until it got dark every day for about 15 years. <laughs> well, so that's how you do it. I bet that was some great pizza in Providence too, huh? <laughs> so, so that's how I developed, you know, the, uh, the ability to dribble the ball without looking down at it and see the floor and, like uh -huh. you said, Red, I, I, I always imagined where my teammates yeah. would run and I'd lead them. And uh, that led to something. And I had some great teammates, Randy Smith, Bob McAdoo, Marvin yeah. Bonds, yeah. Kevin Stakem. You know, that Jim McMillan was unbelievable moving without I remember him, yeah. Adrian yeah. Dantley was a bull in a china shop. He would come back <laughs> off, just nod his head. So, mm -hmm. so I, it's a two-way street. You know, they knew mm -hmm. if they moved, I'd get it to them and uh, they would move. Yeah, I mean, just certain guys, you and Tiny, you know, Archibald and stuff, just yeah. were just able to control the ball almost like, you know, a symphony or something. You know, I just – I could, like, watch guys like you play all day. It's just beautiful to watch the game played the right way, you know? Yeah, Tiny was unbelievable. The first time I played against him, he was playing mm -hmm. for uh, Kansas City Omaha. And mm -hmm. uh, that's the year he led the league in scoring and assists. And, and assists, and, yeah. Has and that ever been done like again? What's that? You're probably somebody that would know. Has that ever been duplicated? Somebody leading the, the league and scoring and assists? I don't think so. I know, I know you were pretty high one one year one year with with assists and scoring too. Yeah, my, my rookie year I had fifteen assist, fifteen points, and I led the league in assists and led mm -hmm. the league in free throw. That was my best pro year. But Tiny mm -hmm. was a bullet. He would come at you yeah. so fast with that handle. Guys would not know what to do defensively. They just back up. He did a pull up and hit the jumper. Or if you got up close to him, he'd go right by it. Right, right. You you mentioned that great rookie year, and you had 25 assists in a game, as and that's a record that that still stands, shared with Nate McMillan now uh, for a rookie. Wow. But um, unfortunately, you know the the knee injury cut things short, and uh, just kind of give me some insight into to what that was like to be you know a young athlete on a, a great tra trajectory, and and then just have it kind of taken away like that. And how were you able to process that and and kind of move on to the next step in your journey? Well, it's called life. You know, everybody yep. goes through it. <laughs> they call it yeah. ups and downs, good times and bad times. You know, you got to stop and smell the roses when you get on top. I always try to rationalize it by that could have happened my senior year in, in college, and I would have never been picked third in the NBA draft in the first round, and I never would have wow. wanted to be rookie of the year. So I tried to make a positive out of a negative. Uh, I right, mean, if right. you sit around and, 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 and this is anyone in life and look at all the negative things that hap happen to you and you dwell on that, then you're just going to bring yourself down. So, you know, I, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I, I've been married for like 49 years. I have four daughters. I have seven. Wow. Children. You know, I've, I've written three books. I got a couple of movies coming out. I'm healthy. 
and and I don't even look back at you know what could have been because um, you know you can't control those things, right? You know that's life, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but wait a minute, back up. You said you got a couple of movies and books coming out. Tell us a little bit about that, man. This would be a good uh, forum for you yeah, to get well, that information out. You know, I used to make all these crazy passes, right? You know, mm -hmm. behind the back passes, three quarters, the length of the court, or you know, throw the ball between two people. And, and yeah, you were like a magician with it, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that imagination and that creativity. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, you know. Uh, one of the uh, priests I had at Providence College used to always tell me, you know, somebody who can make those split reactions on a basketball court can't uh -huh. be stupid. You know, yeah. And, and I seen Magic Johnson one time say in the paper somebody was describing him as a genius because he could make that those plays. Now, I wouldn't right. call myself a right. genius, <laughs> but but I would say I, I have. Uh, like you hit it right off at the beginning of the show. That's why I got a lot of respect for you. I wasn't afraid of nothing. I mean, no, I don't you was who not. I played against. I yep. go out there. A lot of guys would play against somebody, and they say, "Geez, I got to go play against Earl Monroe today in Madison mm. Square Garden with nineteen thousand five hundred people, or I got to mm. go play against Pete Maravich in Atlanta." <clears throat> but I would always say, "I don't look what other people do." I looked at what I could do, yeah. and, and that's That's some how, great names you, know, you just mentioned, too. Wow. That's <laughs> some great guys you played against. So what I did was <clears throat> I used that creativity and that imagination to write three books. You know, one uh -huh. of them about myself, Marvin Bonds, who was my brother and my best friend, my teammate, mm -hmm. and my coach, Dave Gavitt. And that's, that'll be out like, it's all written and, and uh, I'm working with the college on it. It's called A Star with a Broken Heart. It's, be, it's a story, it's a sad story how I lost my basketball family, the two people that, you know, we went through all those battles together. And then at the right. end, when I go into the Civic Center, I look mm -hmm. up at my number retired with Marvin. And then I look yeah. down at the floor and I see Dave Gavitt's name. And I know, you know, even though they're gone, you know, it'll never be the same, but they're still with yeah. me. So it's, it's a really deep book about that and Marvin's struggles and my struggles uh -huh. and Dave, you know. So that's, that's interesting. But my second book, you'll get a kick out of it. Everything I write has to do with basketball because that's what uh -huh. I know. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I wrote a book. My middle name is Alfonso. Ernest Alfonso <laughs> DiGregorio. Okay. So I wrote a Learned book. something about my idol today, Josh. <laughs> I wrote a book called Alfonso Saves the Planet. And it's mm -hmm. about, you know, this ball-headed eagle in California who looks out from his nest and he sees that the humans are destroying the planet, building shopping malls, you know, mm -hmm. building paper factories, polluting the oceans, and it's all about the environment. So this eagle right. says, hey, I got to do something to save my animals because they're turning around and they're fighting over dirty water and there's no beautiful trees. I'll fly to Sumatra in Indonesia <laughs> and find Alfonso the Sumatran tiger who I used to play basketball with at the dunk. Uh -huh. And we can get wow. together and come up with a plan how to save the planet so the humans don't destroy it. And in the end, Alfonso comes up with the idea, we'll play a basketball game and we'll mm -hmm. show that the animals speak their own language of harmony 
and it's a music mm -hmm. of all of their own. And we'll get together, we'll play a game, and we'll invite the humans that come, and then they can see how they can work with us. So Eddie and Alfonso go to different places all around the world, and I research mm -hmm. And wow. they come together with all these animals. But everywhere there's an environmental story. So it's pretty mm -hmm. cool, and I'm going to try to get it in all the uh, schools throughout the country. Wow, that would hey, be I great. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah, I know, Justin, you're big into the environmental causes and stuff like that. So I know this is right up your alley right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's no kidding. That, it's Space guys. Jam, but you're saving the Earth. I mean, you got to love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the funny thing is, right before I came on your show, I had the TV on, and I was watching the news, and one guy said, you know, they're talking about this and that, and they said, oh, well, we got to save the planet. So it's it's really <laughs> happening right now, you know, and right. with the green yeah, yeah. going and all that stuff. So, so I'm working don't, don't. on it, Red. They're talking no, about you know, know oil pipes and gas country. lines and stuff like that right now as we speak. So this stuff is really relevant, you know. Yeah, that's it. Shoot, it's Red really and I'll be underwater in about thirty years if we don't get something done. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we we got to get it going. The low country is going to be in peril very soon. But uh, mm -hmm. well, Ernie, you've you've mentioned uh, your time at Providence a couple of times, and and uh, you know, like Red said at the outset, he didn't really know about Providence basketball and, until you came along. So, yeah. so tell me about what that was like to to go into a program, you know, that stay home and, and go to a program that was still kind of trying to build its profile and be yeah. a part of, of building that foundation for you know what has has developed. I heard any other really was wasting their program. time going. After I heard any other school was wasting their time going after him. Just he knew he was going to Providence from. From what, how, I, how, 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 seven years old? Yeah, well, I only lived like three miles from the school. And mm -hmm. when I grew up, there was no ESPN, you know? And right, I used to right. watch Jalen Rose's father, Jimmy Walker, play. That was Dave yep, Bing's. I remember Jimmy Walker, yep. Mm -hmm. He was unbelievable. The guy, you talk about handling the ball on a string. I picked up mm -hmm. most of my go-to moves by watching him. I'd watch him mm -hmm. play on television, and then I'd go on the playground and try to copy it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when it came time to um, – I went to high school there, averaged 37 a game. I played in class B. They said I wasn't that good. I went to prep school. We won the mm -hmm. New England prep school championship. I went down to D.C., averaged like 35. We beat the Matha. We beat all these big prep oh, schools. Oh, wow. And then I had all these scholarships. was big. I said, I don't want to go anywhere but Providence. I want my mother, mm -hmm. my father, and my, my mm -hmm. uh, girlfriend and my friends to see me play. I went to Providence, and, you know, we were good. We were the NIT the first year, but the second year, mm -hmm. my junior year, we had a kid I recruited, Marvin Bonds. He was about six foot nine and averaged about 19 rebounds a game. When he got on a team, it was unbelievable. We could run and I could get out and, you know, he'd throw that outlet. I could get out and push it. And then we went to the, um, the NCAA, but then my third year, my senior year and his his second year, mm -hmm. we were like 27 and two, and we went to the final four. Wow. We played Indiana mm -hmm. in the, I mean, uh, Memphis State in the first game, and we were up by mm -hmm. 16 points. We were killing them. I mean, we were wow. running down the throat, and he stepped on a guy's knee, uh, ankle, and he twisted his knee, and he couldn't play, wow. and he couldn't jump. So, you know, getting back to injuries, <laughs> that was one of those tough breaks because we would have beat them. Yeah. And we had played UCLA earlier in the year at Portland uh -huh. Pavilion, 
and with seven uh-huh. to go, we were only down nine. I knew we were in mm-hmm. trouble when Walton was talking to the um, the referee, calling him by his first name. So, <laughs> but, fix but was in at that point, huh? <laughs> then I get drafted mm-hmm. by the Buffalo Braves when I'm in uh, L.A. playing in a uh, Russian series in practice. They didn't have right. that ESPN stuff. Somebody comes up to me and says, did you hear you were just drafted the third player in the NBA draft by the Buffalo Braves? I wow. Said, no, now, is that when you was playing with Bill Walton? Is that the all-star team you was playing with Bill yeah, Walton? Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. And the first game, we played the Russians, right? And uh-huh. they, were, they were going after his knees. You could throw the ball up like a Nerf ball to Walton, and he'd just catch wow. it in like it was a, like a four-foot basket. <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Hey, if you talk to if you talk to Walton, tell him we we got a chair for him at Red's Barbershop. We definitely want to get that. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he, he's a good guy, you know. He, he really is. He yeah. he's a good guy. So, so I could listen to that great. guy talk for hours. Yeah, he, he, he gets paid for it too. He does all those TV games. I heard he I heard he's a really good guy. Yeah, he he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. he, he laughs at everything. Can't blame the guy. He's, he's got a good attitude. Heck yeah, he's my kind of guy. He, he, we look at the world the same way. We just look at it, you know, and see the see the positive and and try to you know improve the negative. So, um, but yeah, uh, tell me what it was like in that that rookie year of yours. You know, to go into the NBA and and have the success that you had uh, right away to win the rookie of the year. I mean, you you just had to to feel like all the hard work over all those fifteen hour days at the courts as a kid. Um, had really come to pay off. Yeah, my rookie year was interesting because uh, um, Buffalo had been like they never they've been only in existence I think two two years or three years, and mm-hmm. the most games they ever won was twenty twenty one and sixty one. So we, mm-hmm. my rookie year we went uh, I think forty one and forty one. Wow! Um, the first day of practice, we had a uh, game. The, uh, the the veterans, McAdoo, McMillan, Randy Smith, Bob Kaufman, all these guys against the rookies. And mm-hmm. we're in the warm-up line, and Kaufman comes up to me, and he says, you know, we're going to destroy you pups. Well, <laughs> I gave him 36, and the, and the rookies beat – we beat the veterans. So wow. I the point wow. position right there. And uh-huh. – I was fortunate. I had some great scorers. I mean, McAdoo uh-huh. led the league in scoring that year. I had uh-huh. Randy Smith next to me, who was a bullet. No matter. We we used to have this training camp before we started practice that you'd have to run under a six-minute mile. And there were only uh-huh. two guys on the team that could do it, me and Randy. So wow. I used to do it every day at home and time myself so I knew I could do it. But I had uh-huh. a push. And so, like, we'd be around the fourth lap, and I'd be leading. But, you know, it's, I'm getting tired. He would mm-hmm. he would come running by me like I was standing still and say, wow. come on, let's push. And then uh-huh. um, we'd go out. We played we played Boston in a six-game series in, in uh, the NBA playoffs, and they beat us. But one of the greatest compliments ever paid to me, after that last game we lost, Havlicek came into Buffalo locker room and came up to me, shook my hand and said, you know, Ernie D, you had a great year. And I said, I really wow. appreciate that. That was, that was really year, special. Uh, that was, that was, he seemed like a special type of guy, Havlicek. I would love to play with him. He was a hard-nosed son of a gun. 
He kept running and running and running. He told me once when I played with Boston, you throw the ball to me and you know, I'll throw the ball to you and I'll run ahead and then you throw the ball to me and you run ahead. He kept it so simple. You know how all these uh-huh. coaches now, they got all these films and all these plays and all these sayings. How about Jack just play pass and cut? <laughs> yeah. So it was exciting. I love Buffalo. Did, I go back all the time. Did Buffalo ever transition into another franchise or, or what happened with what did the Braves get uh, absorbed? Okay. He stole the franchise to this guy, John Y. Brown, the owner of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he sold uh-huh. it like six million dollars. You know what wow. franchise today's worth, you know, yeah, at least a hundred you know, million. Yeah. And so billion he, even. <laughs> he sold it and um they became the L.A. Clippers. And so now okay. if you look at the L.A. Clippers statistics, you'll see maximum uh-huh. scoring championships. You'll see my free throw championships. You'll see all the okay. Buffalo players in there. And so okay. I played right. that four years. Okay, so the Braves of those days are now the Clippers of today. Yep. All, all of their – okay, now I get it. Okay, I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. So that's the Clippers great, get to claim your uh, your Rookie of the Year award, uh, so that's that's <laughs> nice for them. Uh, yeah. What are you up to nowadays, Ernie? When you're when you're not writing books and uh, all that stuff, what what are you doing these days? How do you fill your your time? Yeah, I play golf. You know, I like to play golf. I walk a lot. You know, I do a lot of exercising. Uh, but basically, you know, writing books is mm-hmm. challenging because you get your best thoughts. Like early in the morning when you're sleeping yeah. and you end up waking up and start writing. It's crazy. Um, right. But I got a couple of books. I got also a children's book, Miley's Big Shot. It's all about a little baby kangaroo who everybody made fun of. And then she comes and wins the game. So I got three books. I'm going to do a movie on my star with a broken heart with the uh, college. And uh, we're talking to a couple of producers, Peter Farrelly, who uh, mm-hmm. is from oh, yeah. Providence and went to PC. And the mm-hmm. second book, this I'm dying. I, once I get this book out, I'll send you a copy. You guys got to check this book Definitely. Out. You got to sign it for us and everything. We'll, we'll do a podcast just on the book, man. We, you know, yeah, we're, we're like that. And I guess we're, I guess we're going to have to have a, a Red's Barbershop golf outing down here in Hilton Head, too. You know, get all these guys yeah. to come play some golf with yeah. us. And uh, exactly. maybe we can exactly. raise some money for charity or something. That's nice. Yeah, I'll come down. That sounds like fun. All right. Well, we're always we're always about ideas and uh, and you know how to how to make it more fun and, and give back. So uh, we'll keep you in the loop on that, Ernie. We we appreciate you, man. Uh, it's great to talk to you. You got anything else for him, Red? Before we let uh, Ernie get no, back to writing his books? No, I just want to say how excited I was to have you here. And you've always been one of my idols and guys that I looked up to. You you made my night. I I can't even express that to you. And I want to give you the opportunity, anything you want to say uh, to the community, to, to the country, to everybody that's a big Ernie D fan, uh, please use this opportunity or this platform right now to, to give a shout out about anything you'd like to. Well, thanks. And first of all, I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and uh, I really enjoyed being on your show. But pretty much that uh, I'd like to say to all the young kids playing basketball that you know, when the people tell you to dream and, you know, dreams can come through through hard work and strong mental belief. When I was a kid in high school, 
my guidance counselor called me in the office and she said to me, what are you going to do with your life? I said, well, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. She said to me, do you know how many select few people ever make it to professional basketball? Well, thank God I was cocky and stubborn and leaving myself. And <laughs> I kept going because it's been a hell of a ride and I'm still living on it now. Providence is 24-3, a 24-4. and four, And everywhere I go, they talk about PC. I got articles in the New York Times. They're writing with my picture next to it stuff. 50 <laughs> years later, Red. So uh, That's great. That's great. And it's well-deserved, too. It, right, babe? It's definitely, and it's definitely well-deserved, uh, Ernie D. I just want to tell you that much. You put Providence Thank on the map. So <laughs> I appreciate everything. Well, I appreciate you. your words there because, uh, as Red knows, you know, my day-to-day -day is is covering local sports in a small community that, that the newspaper doesn't do it anymore. So, um, you know, we're always trying to pass along that kind of knowledge to the kids who are trying to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, and so we appreciate those words and, and hopefully they'll land with that audience as well because hopefully they're listening to this show and, uh, you know, picking up some, some tips from the greats, man, the guys who came before them. So we appreciate you, Ernie. Uh, thanks for coming on, making time for mm -hmm. us, and uh, look forward to reading those books, man. Thank you so much. Thanks again. We'll be right back with more here on Red's Barbershop. Hey, Red's Barbershop fans. Did you know you can now support the show on Patreon with a monthly pledge? You'll get great stuff like this custom sticker, custom mug with the Red's Barbershop logo for your morning coffee, as well as a custom exclusive t-shirt and a banging hoodie with the Red's Barbershop logo. You can't go wrong with this merch and you're supporting the show. You can do it at patreon.com slash Red's Barbershop. All right, Red. Well, you know, like I told you when, when you threw the name out there, uh, I knew the name Ernie D. Gregorio, but he was a little before my time. His last year in the NBA was in 78. I was born in 78. So uh, it was just kind of the name and, and the legend a little bit, but really cool yeah. to, to connect with the actual person and learn a little bit more about him. And I see why you looked up to him, man. What a, a bulldog, determined guy who just uh, wasn't going to quit until he got where he wanted to be. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've, I've always admired the way that he played. He was fearless. I mean, he was like one of those legendary guys up there with like Tiny Archibald and uh, McAdoo and those guys. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that just control, you know, everybody doubted him every step in the way. You know, uh, he just dominated the high school scene. Then he dominated at prep school. He dominated at Providence and people still kept saying too small, too slow, whatever. Almost like, um, you know, like um, Stefan. I mean, but he, he just proved all of the doubters wrong and, and continued to grow. Uh, was the He even was the rookie of the year, his rookie year. I mean, I mean, who does that with, you know, with so many people putting all of those uh, obstacles in front of them? I mean, you just got to love the guy, man. And and I love that he's now writing children's books and, you know, with a, a great message and, and trying to just continue to put his stamp on the world and, and make it a little bit better place to leave behind. So uh, what a great guy to, to connect with. And, uh, you know, it's great to see how excited these guys are to come on and talk with you, Red. It's it's really impressive yeah. to see the uh, the mark you've left on people's lives and the connections you've made along your journey. Yeah, they, they, they really make me feel good when they say that, you know, because it's, 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 it's like surreal to see guys that you've looked up to say that, you know, that they've also watched me play and they, they appreciate my game and my style of play. And, um, you know, if, if nothing else, you know, just, just having Ernie D um, on tonight, I, I wasn't joking. It, it really made my night. I, if I could tell you how much I looked up to him and enjoyed watching him play and hearing about him and reading about him and writing about him, I just couldn't get enough of, um, 
following up, you know, what is he doing now and everything. And I was just so glad to have him on with us, Josh. Yeah, that was that was awesome stuff. And uh, we've set the bar high here with Seth Greenberg and Ernie D. But uh, we got another good one lined up next week. You, you've been talking with uh, Dave Bing, another Dave, legend. Dave I mean, a Bing. legend, a, a Hall yeah. of Famer, seven-time All-Star, and the former mayor of the city of Detroit. I mean, <laughs> talk about an impressive guy. Uh, they don't get any to bigger to him, than Dave man. Bing. They don't get any bigger. And, I mean, he's a genuine, genuinely nice guy. I mean, he, when I asked him what he'd do it, he was, I mean, the, the words out of his mouth was, well, I can't do it tonight. I mean, I was like, Dave, I wasn't, I wasn't even expecting that. I was like trying to get it sometime in a month. And he's like, well, let's set this up for the next couple of days. And and, I, and it's, it's a done deal. Um, and anytime I come in town in Hilton Head, I want to talk to you guys or Bluffton. I want to talk to you, whatever kids you're working with, you know, and spread some good messages and, and messaging. So, I mean, he just blows you away. I mean, you just, they just don't make him like Dave Bing anymore, uh, Just. Well, maybe we can, uh, you know, teach the next generation so there will be a, a few more Dave Bings in that mix, uh, you know, when they come up. But we, we need more people exactly. like that for sure that are always willing to give back and, you know, help to help others get to, to where they got. So um, and, exactly. and you're one of them, Red. So we appreciate you, man, and everything you do for the kids in our community. Uh, and uh, it's been so much fun these first couple of episodes. And, and I can't wait to see where we go from here. But uh, many thanks to our sponsors for these first few episodes, Third Eye Consulting and Peter Haber uh, hooking us up, as well as uh, Coastal Plains Insurance of the Lowcountry and our great friend Mark McDonald helping us get off the ground. And if you want to support the show, you can do so now at patreon.com slash Red's Barbershop. Uh, you will have seen and heard an ad for it here in the show. So uh, you should know about that. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Red's Barbershop. And you can give us a monthly pledge to support the show and get some cool uh, Red's Barbershop merch too. So uh, really excited about that and hopefully people will get on board and, and help us keep this thing going. Red? Uh, well, I want to say thanks, Josh. I think it was a great show tonight. I appreciate everything you do in making this come to fruition. I couldn't have done it without you and uh, I'll see you on the next show. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks so much to our sponsors. Thanks to Ernie D for jumping on and uh, sitting down in the chair here at Red's Barbershop. And thanks for everyone who came in to listen. We'll see you next time on Red's Ernie Barbershop. G. Thank you, Ernie D. I love you, man. Still my idol. <laughs>